Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week we have an episode of Gangbusters called Brothers in Banditry. Unfortunately, to be honest, I'm not sure when it first aired. Now in cooperation with police and federal law enforcement departments throughout the United States, the only national program that brings you authentic police case histories. Gangbusters! Gangbusters has asked the Honorable John J. Grosh, now criminal sheriff, Orleans Parish, and former chief of detectives, New Orleans, Louisiana, to narrate by proxy tonight's case. The inside facts in the case of Brothers and Banditry. Sheriff Grosh, I know you have a lot to tell us tonight, so suppose you start right in. All right, Don Gardner. I think the place to begin would be a few years ago in Hollywood, California. In a room at one of the fashionable apartment hotels, a young man and a young woman were dancing, while a portable phonograph hummed out the rhythm of the latest rage from South America, the samba. That's it. That's it. Now you've got it. This is fun. All right, now stay with it. Stay with it. Sure, you've got it. Oh, darn it. All right, now, come on, honey. Come on, it's simple. Oh, no, not now, Ralph. Later, maybe. Turn it off, hmm? Sure, Lydia. Anything you say. <sighs> I get one of these dances all set, and then they come out with a new one. Oh, I've just got to sit down. I think I've got some ice in there. I'll fix you a nice cool drink. No, thanks, Ralph. Sit down here with me. Oh, sure, baby. Cleveland's going to be awfully dull without you, Ralph. Well, then stick around Hollywood. No, I've been here long enough without anything happening. My father gave me a year. If you're not in pictures by then, he said, come home. So, back to the social world in Cleveland. That's me. Well, maybe I'll drop into Cleveland someday. Would you like that? Would I like that? I... Oh, answer that, will you, Lydia? Oh, it's yours. Answer it yourself. No, no, go ahead, honey. Whoever it is, tell him, tell him I won't be back till Tuesday. I don't want to talk to anybody. Hand me the phone. Sure. Uh, hello? Is this Ralph Oliver's room? Uh, well, uh... Well, is it or isn't it? Uh, yes, uh, it, it is. Now, let me talk to Ralph. Well, he's not here right now. Oh, when do you expect him back? I don't know exactly. Um, Tuesday, maybe. Tuesday? Look, where can I get in touch with him? This is his brother. I just got his in town and I... Hey, hey, give me that phone. Oh, sure. Hey, Lord, you old pelican, how are you? Oh, great, Ralph. Say, what's the idea, Tuesday? When'd you get in town? Oh, just a little while ago. What are you doing tonight? Well, we were just thinking about getting dinner, Lord. Meet us, and then you can come back here and stay with me. Well, sure. What do they serve the biggest steaks in town? At the El Dorado Club. We'll see you there in a half an hour. Fine. In case you don't remember the base, look for a sailor suit with a stripe and a half. Well, J.G., so you finally made it. Yeah, one way or another. Oh, why didn't you write me? Well, I'll tell you all about it. Don't be late. I'm hungry as a bear. 
That's wonderful. Yeah, my CO didn't think it was so wonderful. <laughs> I've never had such a good time. Why didn't you tell me about this kid brother of yours, Ralph? I've always kept him a secret. He's a woman stealer. <laughs> and he's so young, too. Nah, don't let him kid you, Lydia. There's only a year between us. Besides, I have only one love, and that's the Navy. <laughs> uh, would you care for another brandy, Lydia? No, thank you, Ralph. I think I'll just go proud of my nose. No, I like your nose the way it is. You won't miss me. As a matter of fact, I feel in the way. You must have lots to talk about. I'll be back in a few minutes. All right. Nice girl. She'll do what? Rich family? Rich enough. How are you doing otherwise? Ah, it's a struggle. Say, uh, tell me something, will you? What? How come they jump you from machinist mate second class to lieutenant J.G. in a year? Navy promotions are too slow, Ralph. I decided to promote myself. Oh? I'm not in the Navy anymore. I, uh, just like the uniform. Honorable discharge? <laughs> the other kind. Uh-uh. If they catch you wearing that uniform, it'll go tough on you. Yeah, they won't catch me. I move too fast. Do you have to move too fast? Oh, wouldn't you if you had a bunch of bum checks trailing you? Yeah. But you got to be careful, kid. Oh, I'm careful. Well, where do we go from here? I don't know. You're the host. Huh? Me? Well, didn't you invite me out to dinner? Well, sure, but uh, I'm kind of short tonight. Of money, you mean? What else? Uh-oh. What's the matter? I've only got $7 to my name. You beat me. I, I've only got 5 That's not much help. Check will be over $30 with all the drinks. Oh. What about Lydia? Forget it. Well, she's well-heeled. Couldn't you tell her you left you all at home? Forget it. I'm saving her for a bigger touch. Yeah, but she's going on to Cleveland tomorrow. And I'm going to Cleveland soon. Mm. Well, what are we going to do? Hey, uh, how about you and I fighting over who's going to pay? <laughs> That's got whiskers. Well, how about uh, getting sick or spilling food or something? Hey, uh, call that head waiter over here. What's the idea? Just call him. Uh -huh. Captain. Captain. Oui, monsieur. Now, when he gets here, tell him what a fine dinner we had and ask him to bring the check. But, Ralph, I... Do as I tell you. Here he comes. Uh, can I be of service, monsieur lieutenant? Yeah, the uh, dinner was excellent. Just right. Oh, thank you, monsieur. Uh, may I have the check, please? Oui, monsieur, in a moment. Say, isn't that Joe Davis? Well, oh, excuse me. Oh, it is nothing, monsieur. I will have the check in a moment. Now, tell me how that helped us, other than to bring the axe down quicker. The check will be over 30 bucks. Here, be a liberal tipper. Give him 40. Hey, where'd you get all that dough? From the head waiter. But he doesn't know it yet. Huh? Ralph, how long have you been picking pockets? His is the first one. But when I have to, I can do anything and do it good. Well, let's get out of here before he misses that one. As soon as Lydia comes back, we'll take her home. Then I want to talk over a few things with you. Okay, Lord, let's turn in, huh? It's late. I've just been sitting here thinking, Ralph. What's there to think about? Aren't you sick of wondering where your next dollar is coming from? I am. I want to live off the fat of the land. Well, who doesn't? You came along just in time, kid. I was about to look for somebody to help me. Okay. You can count on your kid, brother. Good. I throw away that sailor suit, and we go into business. A nice little business. Sort of capital gains. Uh -huh. We invest a few dollars in some guns, run them to a fortune. 
You know, Ralph, when you're cashing bum checks or even picking pockets, they don't look for you too hard. Robbery, something else. Look, Lord, when there's a holdup, the police look for criminals. We're not criminals. And we'll pick a town we both know well, like New Orleans. We'll do what we have to do, then get out immediately. Go to some place where we're respected citizens. <laughs> like uh, Cleveland. Hmm? Like Cleveland. We stay there and have a good time. Until we're ready for another business trip. Back to New Orleans. 2540, Good morning, miss. Good morning. We'd like to see Mr. Florison. Who's calling, please? Uh, Detective Sanders and King, New Orleans Police Department. Oh, one moment, please. Yes? Uh, Mr. Florissant, Detective Sanders and King of the Police Department to see you. Uh, to see me? Yes, sir. They're right here. Well, uh, send them in. Um, are you about finished making up that deposit? About, sir. I'll bring it in when it's ready. Uh, Mr. Florence's office is the first one on the right. Uh, thank you very much. Come on. We get away with it. We will. Don't worry. All right, Lock. And there's Luck. Mr. Florison? Yes? I'm Detective Sanders. This is Detective King. We hate to trouble you when you're busy. Well, that's all right. If there's anything I can do for you. We'd like to do something for you. For me? Oh, yes, sir. You're in the habit of making a large bank deposit every Wednesday morning at 11. Well, that's right. As a matter of fact, the deposit's about ready now. now. We had a tip from an informer last night. This informer thinks two bandits plan to hold you up today on your way to the bank. Really? Yeah, the lieutenant doesn't put much stock in the report, but he sent us to escort you to the bank. Oh, fine. Have the deposit, Mr. Florissant. Oh, good. I'll take it, please. Oh, would you bring back some deposit slips, sir? Oh, yes, yes, of course. Thank you. You're welcome, Mr. Florissant. And another thing, Mr. Florissant. Either we or other detectives will continue to escort you to the bank every Wednesday for three or four weeks, just to play safe. Oh, I'll be glad to have you, believe me. All right, we'll take the money. But that's all right, I can carry it. He meant we'll take it. Get him up. Please, no, don't! I've got it. Let's go. Okay. Oh, miss? Yes, sir? Uh, Mr. Florissant asked me to tell you that we're escorting him to the bank in a half hour. He doesn't want to be disturbed until we return. Oh, I won't disturb him. Good. Come on, Sergeant. how Ralph and Lawton Oliver staged their first robbery in New Orleans. They were delighted at their success. But the brothers soon learned it's seldom that even the most ingenious schemes fool the police. Now, back to gangbusters. You were telling us, Sheriff Crush, that the brothers Ralph and Lawton Oliver had worked out an elaborate scheme to stage robberies in New Orleans, then leave town before the police could make headway in their investigation. That's right, Don. And at least a half dozen cleverly executed robberies were committed in quick succession. After the last one, they planned to leave for Cleveland, where they'd make the rounds as respectable citizens. Lawton was waiting on a busy New Orleans corner for his brother when a brand new Cadillac sedan pulled to a stop. Lawton! 
Where the devil did you get this? I don't like it. Hey, some hunk of automobile. Is it? Don't tell me somebody left it standing there with the keys in it. It's ours. Ours? Yours and mine. We're going to Cleveland in style. You mean you you bought it? Right off the floor. Oh, now stop kidding, will you? This car cost, well, it must cost a $3,500 at least. $36 and a quarter. Oh, honest, Ralph. We'll make it up. What's money? Besides, the Cadillac's going to pay for itself. Yeah, how? Well, I figured out one more job for us before we kiss New Orleans goodbye. And we can use the car for it. But what about the plates? It's registered in our name. Oh, license plates are a dime a dozen. So we get a dozen. Then who knows it's our car? Then we head straight for Cleveland with a brand new Cadillac free and clear. That's my brother. Well, Inspector, I checked up on the license plates. Huh? Stolen. You didn't expect anything different, did you? No, but I was hoping... Where was the car stolen from, Sergeant? I don't know about the car. The plates were taken off a 1940 Chevy. Some difference. Any reports on a new Cadillac sedan being stolen? I couldn't find any, Inspector. Not any place in the state. Oh. If anyone's missing a brand new Cadillac, they certainly ought to squawk about it. No, couldn't be. You mean you were thinking these bandits might own that car and just have stolen the plates? Yeah, but why do they need to buy a car? Sergeant, these two men seem to have a way of their own and a purpose of their own. They're well-spoken, polished, and a little too confident. Why shouldn't they buy a Cadillac if they want one? If they did, it shouldn't be too hard to trace. Look into the state registrations for the last week or two. There won't be too many Cadillacs of that model listed. Yes, sir. I'll get right on it. Lydia. Been unfaithful. Unfaithful? Yes. You've been taking samba lessons from somebody else. <laughs> well, I never expected to see you in Cleveland, Ralph. Well, I promised I'd be here, didn't I? That was a Hollywood promise. You don't know how I dreamed about seeing you again. How I couldn't wait to get here and then to hold you in my arms. Dancing? Not just dancing. Lydia, look. Lorton and I'll be here two weeks. I want to see you every day and every night. Now, where are we going tomorrow afternoon? That's up to you. Tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, I'm busy. Oh, what's his name? A murderer. <laughs> Let's sit down, Ralph. What's the matter with tomorrow night? Well, you can see me if you want to. It's up to you. Um, this is our table, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, what do you mean, if I want to? Tomorrow night's the annual charity ball. Well, I believe in charity. It so happens that I'm on the ticket committee. Congratulations. I'll take two tickets. How much are they? Whatever you want to give. Well, I'll take two at $500 a piece. Oh, that's very generous, Ralph, but I've already got mine. Okay. I'll still take two. Lawton won't want to stay in the hotel room. My whole family believes in charity. Goodness. No rooms vacant, Mr. Well, full up. Not I don't take... want a room. Then what do you want? Do you have a rumor named Oliver? Who are you, Bill Collector? No. Ooh, then come in, come in. Thanks. Well, did you want Ralph Oliver or Lawton Oliver? Oh, there's two of them. Brothers, nicest boys you ever saw, high-toned. I see. 
Uh, where's their room? It ain't in Orleans no more. Who are you, anyway? An insurance salesman? I'm a police officer, ma'am. Police officer? When they leave? Well, uh, Friday, I think it was. Yeah, Friday, because Mr. Hunter Clark moved in on Friday. Never and mind, I... Mr. Clark. Do you know where they went? Well, traveling, they said. But if you ask me, it was Cleveland. Oh? They, well, Ralph, that is, got a fiancé in Cleveland. You must be making a mistake about those boys. They're nice boys. Did Ralph get mail from Cleveland? Some. Now, see here, you don't think I go around reading my rumor's mail. Well, I'm sure you don't. Well, it was from Cleveland. High society gal. She writes on good stationery. So you're after the wrong man. Anybody who has a high society gal don't go mixing up with the police. You don't want the Oliver boys for nothing. They're very high type. Yes, I know. Very high type. Now, please, show me the room they occupied. Well, I'll show it to you, but you won't find nothing there. I clean it every day. Every day. Right this way. A thousand dollars, Ralph. A thousand dollars for tickets. It's an investment. Well, how long do you think the money's going to hold out? We've been here two days, and you've already spent nearly two thousand. Well, there's plenty more where we got this. Sure, back in New Orleans or someplace, but we're in Cleveland. You're dated up for two weeks. Lord, what? You know, associating with these people here gives you a lot of inside information. Now, the hotel across the street, for instance. Did you know that every Monday night the wealthiest businessmen in town amuse themselves with a game of poker? A game of poker for high stakes in room 1102? Oh, who cares? At the next game, Lord, they're going to deal us in. And we'll wind up the only winners. Ralph, we decided not to work in Cleveland. This is for fun. I've got it all figured out. Well, this is going against everything we decided. We wear masks and disguise our voices. About midnight, we knock on the door and say it's the bellboy. When they open up... Okay, knock. Yes? What is it? It's said. Bellboy! All right, come in. We didn't send it back in the room and reach. Put it down. Uh, quiet, all of you. Shut up. Okay. On your feet. Quiet. Get up. Now leave the dough on the table. Empty your pockets and don't hold out. What can't you do? Shut up. We're going to search every one of you before we get out, so put it all out. If you don't, it's 11 floors out that window. Go on. Go on. Empty your pockets. That's it. All right. Come on. Come on. All right, now all of you get in the bathroom. But listen, get in the bathroom and make it snappy. Get the dope out. Right. Go on. Get in there. Hey, get in there. Shut up. You. Hey? Yeah. Shut the door and start counting. When you get to a thousand, you can come out. And count slow. Well, I... Go on, count. One, two, three, four... Five. Shut the door. Six. Seven. Eight. You got it all? Yeah, about. Take care of the fort. Right. That's that. All right, come on. Let's get out of here. Not yet. Wait a minute. For what? Come on. Take it easy. Now walk up to the bathroom door with me, but quietly. Okay, I'll open the door myself. Hey, cut. Start all over again. 
To a thousand. And if you open that door before you reach a thousand, I'll shoot you right through the head. If you think I'm going to leave or if you think I'm kidding, just try it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven... Inspector Lejard. This is Sergeant Wayne. Cleveland just called me back, Inspector. Oh? They've been checking up there, and they've got a line on the Oliver brothers. Good. As a matter of fact, they had a robbery of a poker game last night. The bandits wore masks, but it looks pretty much like it could be the Oliver brothers. It's their kind of stunt. How about plane reservation, Sergeant? Uh, I'll check on them right away. What time do you want to leave? On the first flight out. Okay, I'll get the tickets and wire Cleveland. We're on the way. Here we are, home again. It was a wonderful party, Lydia. (laughs) Thanks for letting me tag along. It wouldn't have been the same without you, Lawton. Come on, honey. Good night, Lawton. I'll see you in the morning. I'll be right out. Oh, don't hurry. Take your time. Ralph. Yes, honey? Mother and father asked me to invite you to dinner tomorrow night. Good. I'd love to come. I suppose they know things are getting serious. Well, it's about time they know, don't you think? More than time. Have you got your keys? Yes. Here. Good night, darling. I'll see you. Right inside a minute, honey. Oh, sure. Lydia, let's get married. Ralph, I. Yes, I know. That's all I want to hear. Well. Ralph. Yes. Oh, honey. Oh, Ralph. Baby, we Don't say any more. Let me remember every word. Good night, honey. Good night, darling. What do you think, Lord? I propose it. And what, Oliver? And nothing. We're police officers. Get in. Okay. I guess this is it, Ralph. Yeah. They're waiting here for us. Fine, Sergeant. Police headquarters. All right. Police headquarters. brothers who thought they could lead a double life. The only life they found, however, was behind penitentiary bars. And in addition, they're now waiting trial on six more robbery indictments. Well, thank you, Sheriff Grosh, for this extraordinary case history. And gangbusters congratulations to the officers who participated in the investigation and apprehension of these criminals. Gangbusters was one of the most popular and long-lasting shows of old-time radio. The show first aired as the program called G-Men in 1935. It changed its name to Gangbusters in 1936 and lasted on the air until 1957. The show was created by Philip H. Lord, who wanted to create a thoroughly authentic series about the government's fight against crime. Lord was able to get the cooperation of the FBI and the person of J. Edgar Hoover for the show. Hoover allowed the show to use the FBI's closed case files for material, as long as the FBI approved of the scripts for each episode. Each episode started with an interview between Lord and the law enforcement agent involved with the case. The interview would set the premise for the episode, then the interview voices would fade out and the dramatization would begin. 
The tone and atmosphere of the show was quite violent. The very first episode was a dramatization of the FBI shootout with John Dillinger. Sound effects were expertly used to convey the violence of the story. Broken glass, a burglar alarm, police siren, rounds from a shotgun. Even though the show used the case files from law enforcement, the stories were usually told from the criminal's point of view. As one might expect from a show approved by the FBI, the message of each episode is, Crime does not pay. This message to the listener is about as subtle as a cop's billy club to the throat. One of the most popular features of the show is the Gangbusters Clues segment. During this period of the show, the listener would hear about real criminals wanted by the police or FBI, giving out a physical description of the alleged criminal and information about their case. The clues led to the capture of 286 Most Wanted, similar to the TV show America's Most Wanted. The show switched networks and sponsors, but was last aired in 1957 on the Mutual Network. The show spanned almost the entire period of old-time radio. The radio show was turned into a movie serial, a TV show, and the TV show was re-edited to become two feature-length movies, Gangbusters and Guns Don't Argue. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.